What's going on, Packers fans? Aaron Negler here with Cheesehead TV, ready to talk some football with my good friend, Andy Herman. Andy, I didn't get a chance to talk to you after the Rams game, though I did see you before the Rams game, but really excited to get to talk after this big win down in Miami. How the hell are you, man? I'm doing great, man. Yeah, it was a, a weird game. They go down 2010. It was like a microcosm of the entire season. You think they're not going to pull things off, and then all of a sudden they pull a full Undertaker, rise from the dead, sit up, and here we are. <laughs> I think, you know, a lot of the framing of this game now is going to be through the lens of Tua having a basically undiagnosed concussion during the game. Uh, There's no doubt that that plays a role. I don't think there's any question. You look at his performance in the second half, but those plays were there to be made and the Packers made them. And to your point, you look at the rest of the season, that hasn't always been the case. Packers taking advantage of their opportunities. So in that sense, I think the Packers did what they needed to do for me going back and watching the game, and I kind of felt this way live watching it, but it really kind of cemented it on the rewatch. I'm telling you, that play by Jerron Reed, where he strips the football, the whole game, that is the fulcrum of the entire proceedings for me. As far as if Miami marches down and scores there, I I don't feel great about it. But the fact that he was able to just completely not only stop them, but get the ball, the ball is life, and just kind of start the turnover parade there at the end of the first half – uh, that's a monster play from Jerron Reed. Yeah, not only a game-saving play, but potentially a season-saving play, right? Because, you know, they're at about the two-minute what two minute mark right around the 50-yard line, and right. they're going to probably, at minimum, like run out the clock with a lead, and they're in, you know, position to probably go down, at least kick a field goal. If they get a touchdown, it's probably over. Like, Miami kind of has their destiny in their hands at the you know, end of the half there. Green Bay is going to get the ball in the second half, but, man, you go down 17 points, even 13 points is going to be a, a bit tough to stomach. And then all of a sudden, Jerron Reed comes up with a huge force fumble. He recovers it on his own, and then they get a field goal before half. But by the, t- by the time that Jerron Reed you know, hit that ball, it was about to be probably Dolphins up at least 13 going into half. By the yep. time the Dolphins touched the ball again, it was a tie game. So, like, because they get the field goal at the end of the half, then they get a touchdown. They doubled up. They half. actually doubled up. They actually I mean. did the double up. I mean, it, it, so kudos for actual complimentary football. The defense gets a turnover. The offense puts back-to-back scoring drives together. But, uh, man, they, an absolutely season-changing play from Jerron Reed. It's interesting you mentioned complimentary football because, again, much like they have throughout the season, not a lot of it was played in my eyes other than that sequence, right? Yeah. Because you sure. don't have to look much further than the opening kickoff return where Keyshawn uh. Nixon gets you in a – the best position you're ever going to be in on an opening drive and the Packers literally go backwards. You mean talk about frustration. I have no idea what Aaron Rodgers is thinking on that second play, but to me, I got a lot of grief putting him in the bad and my good, bad and ugly this week, but it's like, yeah, he played much better in the second half, but a big reason they're having to come back in that game is because of the play of Aaron Rodgers. It was. I'm glad you brought this up. It's never an easy conversation. You bring anything up about Aaron and it's, oh. it's basically, you know, it's a kid. You're a hater. Of, you hate him. Well, Why do you hate him? At this point. Why so do you hate Christmas? So yeah. I polar opposite. Like yeah. you, you talk bad about him and it's the other side. You talk good about him. You get the other side. It's just, there's, there's no winning either way. But um, I thought this, I complimented him on the live stream and someone said, well, you just don't want Jordan love to play. I'm like, wow, we really are through the looking glass. Oh, I got, yeah, I got both sides. Cause I posted like, I, I I posted this as well. I'm like, let this sink in for a moment. When Aaron does good things, I say good things. When Aaron does bad things, I say bad things. Uh, Thank weird. you. It's so it's, weird. It's, it's nuts. But, I know. <laughs> uh, you, you look at that first half. Take 
the missed throw to Christian Watson. And really, I think the play that doesn't get talked about enough, he threw a ball right to interception King Xavier Howard yes. in stride, where it was 2010 uh, uh, Dolphins at that They're point. He hits backed him in stride. up on their own end. Yep. Exactly. Yep. It was like second and 13. And Howard picks that off. He's probably at least advancing down the sideline. And that might be game, set, and match right there. And just Howard drops it inexplicably. A guy who like led the league in interceptions a couple years ago. Um, that play doesn't get talked about a ton. Even just like little things, the the throw on the flat to Christian Watson. That's behind Christian Watson. Yep. The, the where throw, he stumbles even, ahead of the goal line. Yep. The the throw on fourth down later, where he hits Christian Watson and Watson absorbs the massive hit from the safety. Like he throws that a bit behind Watson, at least on him instead of in front of him. It, he, Watson gets leveled on the play. Watson has to do a, a ton of work just to hold on to that. And Mercedes Lewis is just chilling. Like, wide open. open. Right wide side. open. So it's right. like, even just yeah. like some of the little decisions in this game, He there's a throw in the flat to A.J. Dillon that he throws, you know, hits it in the yeah. ground. He doesn't hit him in stride. So like, yes, there were like the throw to Mercedes Lewis is like MVP. Like there's three quarterbacks in the league maybe that make that throw, right? He has three insane magic throws in that game. Exactly. No, that no one else could do. 100%. And, it's, and it's like crazy, right? And that, that, that almost is what makes it almost more painful at times is you're like, dude, you just – threw a ball to Mercedes Lewis that like five QBs in the history of football, maybe even right. attempt. And maybe three of those actually complete that pass. And then like, there's a throw to like AJ Dillon in the flat and you're, we, we can't even come close to that. Like that's the stuff yeah. that's just like, it's, it's weird. Well, and what's frustrating and interesting for me going back and watching the game is like when they finally get to a place where they gotta have it right. And they have to run the offense and he's playing in rhythm. Yep. He's really good. Like, there's a pass that he hits Aaron Jones out of the backfield where he perfectly places it within Jones's momentum as a runner out of the backfield so he doesn't have to break stride, so he doesn't have to change up, he doesn't have to twist. It's like a, an extended handoff, essentially. And that is the Aaron Rodgers that I think we've gotten very used to and has yep. won MVPs, etc. But it took until basically late in the third quarter for that guy to arrive. And if that guy comes out the gate, it's a totally different game. So that was my frustration going back and watching it because it's like, man, you know he does it. He can do it. We've seen him do it a million times. He did it in this game. But, man, you just point out the fact that without some of those miscues and mistakes, the, it's a to the whole narrative of that game is different because they should be, if not at least running neck and neck with the Dolphins, they should be ahead of the Dolphins by a lot more coming out of halftime and that's to me the biggest frustration totally agreed and i think you know this has been a really fun few weeks where everything's gone in the packers favor and right. you know the, the packers have taken care of their own business uh two teams that aren't very good in the rams although we saw the rams what they did to the broncos so if you don't play your brand of football you can lose pretty easily but um I, i'll say this the run the table season where aaron just took the entire 1265 and just put it on his back and said yeah. don't worry about this i got this Yep. That that he did that he got them to the NFC championship where that team had no right being there. And that was pure Aaron. This hasn't been that. I'm not saying it's not because of no, him in some capacity, but like 100%. he's he's not the guy. Like, if this team actually wants to take this like kind of fun few weeks and actually turn it into win against Minnesota, win against Detroit, and you know, just cause something chaos in, the in the playoffs. Yeah, right. Then Aaron needs to be MVP Aaron if they want to have any chance of doing that. Well, and he has to, he just has to play better. Take the uh, layups. Better. You know that's what I mean? Better. Like, here's the thing. What's encouraging coming out of that game, and I mentioned this in gut reactions, 
it is a very rare occurrence when Aaron Rodgers plays poorly for, let's say, a half, right? And the Packers end up winning the game. You know what I mean? Like, that has not been the M.O. of the Green Bay Packers for a decade plus, right? And the fact that defense and special teams kept them in and or won the game for them, essentially, that's promising. That's encouraging against a pretty good team. And I know the Dolphins have lost four in a row. I understand they're not kind of firing on all cylinders. Lord knows their quarterback is messed up. But that's a team in the Packers who would have found a way to lose that game. Not only historically, Aaron Rodgers doesn't play well, they're probably going to lose. But this season in particular, is this is a game where we have watched them piss that away multiple times. And the fact that they found a way to win is encouraging. And one of the things, like I made mention of this, like I didn't think the Packers played, like obviously in the second half and the, some of the things the defense did in the second half, there were spurts of like really good football in this game. But I didn't think this was like an overall good game from the Packers. And like, I'll, I'll say that and people will be like, man, you're just hating on the Packers. And I'm like, no, it's right. quite the opposite. Like if, if they beat a, a Dolphins team that, and they didn't even play very well, Man, imagine what happens if they actually play their brand of football a for a full game. game. Like, I know. Exactly. I know. Like that, that, that's, incur- that's not discouraging. That's encouraging that you can play like a C-plus brand of football through the entirety of a game, and you can actually win against a team on the road in the Dolphins. Like, if anything, that's, in- that's not discouraging. That's encouraging to me. And you talk about encouraging. What I think, for me, the biggest surprise coming out of this game was Royce Newman. And I, look, I got to admit, when I, when I saw on Twitter that, you know, Yash was injured and Royce was coming in, I thought, okay, not only are they going to have to completely kind of acquiesce to having Royce Newman at tackle, right? I thought, oh, this is, this is going to be a disaster. I thought for sure, not only will they have to keep somebody in to help and maybe chip out with the back, whatever you, I thought, yeah, he's going to get run over. It's going to be a disaster. It's going to be like Jason Spriggs coming in back in yeah. the day, right? And it was anything but he held up remarkably well for what I was expecting. Now, was it perfect? No. Was he an all pro? Of course not. But at right tackle, which I'm telling you, was not, if you want him to come in at all, it's you want him in a guard. You don't want him in a tackle, especially after what we saw this summer. I was shocked and I'm using I'm underlining and italicizing shocked at how well he held up. There were numerous plays where they had they gave him no help no help yeah and he was fine i was he had, shocked he had the the false start and the holding penalty and i'm like well royce newman there is he is <laughs> like that, right. that this is what we came to expect and right. then i'm watching the tape back and i'm like huh like, I, that, he's, that he's, was it too like i playing, didn't it didn't kind of com- like it didn't compute until i went to rewatch it i didn't see that or recognize it in game but and this is on like, the rewatch i was like oh wait like it's one thing like you go back to the bears game and they're just devoid of edge rushers right but like right. van ginkle and phillips and like uh ingram and those like those are good edge rushers i thought i thought royce newman held up really well and just to kind of piggyback off of that um you know benching a player can go in two different directions right like a player can right. check out i thought two players in this game who came back from being benched in royce newman and darnell savage yes both both players responded that this is one of the better games that I've seen. It was like 30 snaps, you know, from Darnell Savage. Royce Newman got benched early in the year. We haven't seen him in what, 10 weeks, eight it's weeks, something Jets like game. that. We haven't seen him um, since the Jets. And I thought that both of those time. guys came in when called upon. It could have went the opposite direction. They could have checked out the remainder of the season, said, you don't want to play me, I fine, whatever. I thought both those guys responded really, really well in this game. And hopefully that's a promising sign for both of those players moving forward. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As Matt said, total pros, you know, like handling like a total pro. And I will say also on the Newman side, you talk about once Chubb went down, the Dolphins clearly thought, okay, we need to send as much pressure as possible. And there were multiple looks, multiple different variations of stunts and blitzes and things to try and take advantage of a backup tackle. And he, for the most part, I think, handled it not flawlessly, but you really didn't notice a huge drop off. It was winning football. And like when you have a guy come in off the bench and, you know, have to go at a position that's not their ideal position, you play winning football. Like, I don't care if it's good, bad, ugly, whatever. He played winning right. football. And that's that's a huge compliment to him. Absolutely. Um, and then the other guy who got some time because, due to injury was Devontae Wyatt. Uh, finally got to see a bit of an extended look at the young man. And I tell you what, pretty promising stuff for my eyes. I, I'm not, again... A lot of activity, I think uh, some of it more effective than other. But uh, for the most part, I was really encouraged by what the young gun brought to the table because that is a big athletic man. And as Ted Thompson used to say, the good Lord only made so many. I thought maybe not announced his presence with authority, but you see the promise and potential coming off that tape. He just needs to play more, right? Like there's just too much there. And it's not perfect. The technique still needs work. We've talked about it in the past, but like, I don't care. He's just too talented. Like this, like I get it because, you know, from a a technique standpoint, like you don't want a guy that's getting doubled and pushed off the ball or, you know, he ends up on the ground a couple of times. And like Mm -hmm. those things, you just really don't want to see. You want the front of your defense to hold up as much as possible because it's the foundation of your defense and one piece crumbles and it just, you know, causes, but like the dude's just too talented and he's going to learn from those mistakes. And as we've talked about in the past, the hustle and the heart and the intensity is there. There's a couple more plays in this game where he's racing down the field, making tackles with uh, energy. Like he's too talented and he has too much heart and passion. And they, they just need guys like that on defense. I I love what he brings to the table. It's not perfect yet, but it's going to keep getting better. I mean, you talk about another guy who was thrust into uh, not extended action, but a, a significant action. I'd say given what he helped produce Patrick Taylor, man, this cat, all he does is his job, uh, whether it's on special teams, whether it's on from scrimmage. I don't care if he's got the ball as a ball carrier, if he's that taking that kind of shallow crosser. Uh, that's a concept we saw with Tunyon last year, um, whether he's picking up the blitz on the throw to Big Dog. All he does is his job. And it, it's like plug him in. And is he dynamic? Is he a, a superstar in, the, in waiting? No, but. You talk about a guy who you just can set it and forget it. You don't have to worry. I mean, I love this kid, and I love that he's finally signed to the 53 and that he, you know, basically gets to show why he's valuable in this game. Uh, during the offseason, I was asked on a couple of occasions of, like, who's the most underrated player on the team? And on both occasions, I said Patrick Taylor, and it was like, it's a right. weird answer, right? But, like, if you just look at a player – who's just a good football player. And he yes. was behind Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Those guys are going to get all the touches and all the carries at the time. You're thinking, all right, Kylan Hill is going to come back. Tyler Goodson comes in in preseason. He shows the flashiness and all the things he can do. And I'm just like, 
man, watch this guy in practice or in a preseason game. He is a big dude with clean hands attacked who can block who can do a little bit of everything he's got good power he runs behind his behind his pads like like you said there's no sexiness there's no flash there's no substance like there's not there's none of that but he just does everything well and you talk about in this game we talk about playing winning football you said like you get the crosser over the middle on a big play that he shows what he can do in that capacity plucks the ball out of the air and goes He's the one that has a huge block on the 93-yard kick return from you know Keyshawn yes. Nixon. Huge right. block on that play. And then the Mercedes Lewis play, the, the play of the game that everyone's talking about, how amazing Rodgers was. You know, he's going out in the flat, realizes there's a blitzer coming, reconnects, and then jars the guy in the hole to give Rodgers just enough time to throw that ball. Just winning football all the, all the way around from Taylor. And he carries the ball well. That's the yeah. other thing. It's oh, like yeah, the way. one thing you're, you know, the the first thing people think of when they think of a running back is carrying the football. And this guy does it between the tackles with power and picks up the first down more often than not. Like, yep. I just, I love this kid. I absolutely I love him. Um, when we kind of push forward and look ahead to this Vikings game, interesting to see that the Vikings are are underdogs, even though they have a much better record than the Packers. Um, I do know that, you know, obviously the Vikings have clinched the division. They have already started talking about how they're wanting to, like, limit some snaps for guys, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be fun to watch this play out because I do think the Vikings want this one bad. They want to assert their dominance over the Packers. And given the week one ass kicking, I can't blame them, you know, because they don't, you know, as a franchise, all these teams in the North are kind of playing, you know, have a little brother complex to the Packers because of how much winning the Packers have done. I'm fascinated to see what kind of the vibe of this game is. And I know we, we generally try to look at the footballness of everything. But to me, a lot of this comes down to are the Vikings up for it? You know, because it's a it's going to be a cold game in Lambeau, late afternoon. It's going to get dark. And, man, the Packers need it. The Vikings don't. But right. we have seen throughout history, not just Packers history, but NFL history, where that doesn't matter at all. Another team just comes in and just cleans the other team's clock, even though the other team needs it yep. a hell of a lot more. But I, like, I'm fascinated about Kirk Cousins, who I think is playing extremely well. I'm fascinated for what like Z's reception is when he arrives. Like, there are so many facets to this game that just kind of add on to not only how I think it's a fascinating football game waiting for us, but it's the Vikings, and we all know they've won the division, and the Packers need it. And I just, again, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what the vibe is and what the emotion is on both sides of the football. Well, I don't necessarily think these are two similar stories. Uh, just ask the 2010 Bears if they would have liked to have eliminated the Packers in week 17 of that right. season rather than having to see them in the NFC Championship game and lose because B.J. Rogers picking off passes and returning them for touchdowns. So, uh, like I said, don't necessarily know that the Packers are on that same trajectory. But have a chance to kill this team and put them under. And if they don't, you never know if they may end up regretting it. There's the possibility of a, a Vikings-Packers matchup in the playoffs. Probably not likely if Green Bay wins, but you just never know. And like I said, Minnesota's got the opportunity to put this team away. If they don't, they might just end up regretting it. You never know. How do you think it plays out if Christian Watson can't play? Because this is we're sitting here on a, on a Tuesday, right? And Watson, as, as Matt said yesterday, is, quote, day-to-day. And who knows? And they're all, all the injured guys have been kind of designated as day-to-day. You never really know what that means until we get an injury report. We'd start to see practice kind of availabilities. But we all know this offense has been very different with and without Christian Watson. If the Packers don't have Watson, can they still generate enough offense to win this game? 
I think they can, but it certainly becomes a lot harder, right? And I think the, the, the two questions is A, A, Watson, and then B, you know, how, how much can Aaron Jones give you? Because they're clearly just being cautious with him to some extent, not giving him a lion's share of the carries. Um, those Man, are the two- he had three touches at the end of the first half. And then they talked about how, oh, at the start of the second half, you know, his ankle got rolled up or he got bothered by it. I'm like, well, okay, so that under, I understandably under, you know, why he didn't get the ball a ton in the second half, and the, although they still utilized him. Yep. But three touches in the first half, Andy Herman, there should be an investigation. <laughs> I agree. But, you know, those are their two playmakers, and those are the guys that they you know, have to make plays, get the ball in their hands. And if if they're going to give Jones another eight carries, whatever it is, and Watson's not able to go, it certainly puts you so far behind the eight ball. So um, Watson changes everything. You know, just – the ability that he has to just get his ball hands on the ball and take it the distance at any given time, or just get an explosive play at any given time. The, the ability for him to, to take coverage. It's been noticeable these past couple of weeks where teams are keeping extra eyes on him, having a couple of guys, you know, carry with him. Like he, he just opens up everything. So no Watson would, would certainly be uh, extremely detrimental to the Packers in this game. Well, we'll see how it plays out on Sunday in Lambeau. Uh, Andy will be covering it, as he always does, their Pack-A-Day podcast, the Pack-A-Day YouTube channel, Packer Report. The man is all Packers all the time. Make sure you're checking out his stuff. Andy, can't thank you enough for joining me. Appreciate it.